Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Without it, we couldn't celebrate love. Thank you, God, for the expression of your heart and your person to the ends of the earth. You love the unlovable. You embrace the unembraceable. You're the one that loved us even before we loved you, O oh God. We were enemies. We were so horrible in our expressions of how to pour out your love because we were in this world without you, O oh God. Bless your word and make our lives rich in your presence. Make your Holy Spirit the reality of the expression of the person of God in our thoughts, words, and actions. Uh, hardened hearts because they've been deprived and they've diminished in absorbing your love, Lord. Allow them to be healed. Allow them to be refreshed in your presence. Satan, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no power and grip over us regardless of the circumstances in our life. Divorce, separation, infidelity. You're a liar and the father of lies and your weapons will not prosper as they're formed against us to deprive, of, deprive us of enjoying the richness and the extravagance of the love of God. So we know that greater is he who is with us than he that is against us, and we declare victory, and that our celebration of God's love towards those that are in our lives would manifest the fruits and the reality, the genuineness and authenticity of amazing relationships, O oh God, from beginning to end. We declare we will finish well, Lord doing all things in your love. We pray that you would bless and prosper your word in our lives and that we might come into the place, the alignment, to be able to be a channel and an instrument of your love to the nations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. A book of love, um, I, I, you know, besides the Bible, um, the Bible says that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I didn't understand the concept of love and it being abstract and being far. Um, it's really powerful that, that you get into the word of God and it becomes, the it just flows out. If you could distill this whole book from beginning to end, if you compress it and, and, and squeeze it, what distills out of there is the love of God. Everything needs to be filtered through the love of God. Uh, one day I was sharing with a lawyer friend of mine. We were at a law practice, and I was trying to talk to him. He's Jewish. He doesn't believe in God. And, and I began to show him a video of Jesus being crucified and how horrific it was. And you could hear the hammer and the nails, pow, pow, and just going and being driven through the hands and through the feet. And, and my friend says, what, what, is, what, what is the message here? What, what, is, what does this all mean? And I said, there's, a, there's only one way to describe it. This is how much God loves you. This is the love of God being manifest. It goes through a painstaking realities to express it to you. But I want, let's start with 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not know God, whoever does not love does not know God. That's, that's the essence. Whoever, he who does not love, if you know somebody who's selfish, it's because he doesn't know God. That's it. That's the foundation. 
And, and you could get mad, and you could get angry, and you could hate them. You could be a hater, and you could despise how they hurt you and how they just make you feel miserable because there's nothing coming from them towards you that expresses the embrace, what love is to express. For God is love. To plug in, if you see somebody whose face, uh, uh, a lot of the people that are disconnected with God, they're the ones that commit the most horrendous crimes. They're the ones that, that express the most. Uh, today, uh, I was reading something that a, a young girl, she's so beaten up in life. She, God knows what has happened to her. She's about 25 now. Um, what, what, ha, what has she gone through that she writes underneath her picture? Ready for this? Damaged people are dangerous. In Spanish, it's like personas dañada, golpeada, son peligrosas. And, and you know that that's true, right? That somebody who has been hit hard and abused and neglected and mistreated, and, and they're, they're like, you know something? It's payback time. And talking about one lady, she kept on dating men, and she would bring them to her house and poison them and kill them. She had 23 bodies in her backyard buried. What would take a person to have that expression of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer also was abused and, and neglected? He says as he would invite his guests to his home, he knew he was going to kill them. And when they asked him, why were you killing these people? He goes, because I didn't want them to walk out of my life anymore. So he would chop them up and stick them in the freezer. Sick, deprived people. And so now that's the farthest extent to that damage and being dangerous. And then you scale down to lesser levels of people that say, I'll never love again. I'll never. And so they, all they have is a bent on not being able to walk in this expression of this four-letter word. He who does not express love is because he's not intimate with God. The word no is not an intellectual knowledge. It's an intimacy. It's being close to. It's is 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 perceiving the presence of. For in his very person, God does not love. It's not what he does, it's who he is. God is love. And so when we understand that, we understand that a lot of things that we see nowadays is not love. And so young people will sit there and tell a girl, I love you. And they put a whole bunch of O's in between the V, which makes a love. It doesn't, it's not love anymore. But look what it says in 2 Samuel 13, verse 1. It says that there was sons of David, 2 Samuel 13, verse 1. After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister. Her name was Tamar. Tamar was the sister of Absalom. And another son of David, Amnon, loved her. He had an affection towards her. And the word says he loved her, and she was beautiful. In verse 13, he has a strategic plan to call her into his room. He's so overwhelmed with his love to her. Amnon, let's go to that verse, the one you just had. He was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became lovesick. Have you ever seen somebody lovesick? Oh, I just love, 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 and you just, you just mastermind all over the place. It was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. He couldn't have a 
proximity of relationship even though he loved her. Verse 13, the Bible says that he devised a plan, a strategic plan, told his father, have Tamar since I'm sick, bring me some soup. And somebody says, when she's there with the soup, you just jump on her and you just fulfill and satisfy and quench your love. And where could I take my shame? Go to verse 12 real quick. Verse 11. And when she had brought them to him, talking about soup and some food to make him feel better, he took hold of her and said, come lie with me, my sister. Let's have sex. Let's, let's do the dirty. Let's do the dance. Let's get in bed with each other. Let's, let's fulfill and realize the feelings of my affection. And verse 12, she says, no, this would be a disgrace. Do not force yourself upon me, for no such thing should be done amongst the people of God. Do not do this thing that has no goodness in it, has no purpose. <clears throat> verse 13, <clears throat> and where could I take my shame after you have sex with me and then you leave me? Who else will want me after you disgrace my existence? And as for you, you would be like the fools in Israel. You would be like a man despised. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold you from me. If you want me, then do things right. A lot of guys don't know how to do things. A lot of guys do not know how to express the affections of love. They're not instructed in the Bible. Verse 14, however, he would not listen to her voice, and he, being stronger than she, forced himself upon her and lay with her. I can't tell you the amount of people that this happens to uh, around the world since they don't know how to love, since they don't know how to proceed with their feelings and affections and attractions, it becomes a horrible existence. And so verse 15, after he laid and would not hear her voice, Amnon hated her exceedingly because he did not do things right, because he did not prepare, because he did not come and ask the appropriate parties to set the appropriate parameters. His hatred for her which he hated her with, was greater than the love which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, arise and get out of my life. I'm not interested in you no more. Almost in an instant, the love that he professed and affects towards her became hatred, becomes despised. Verse 16, she said to him, no, indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the first thing that you did to me. You started a relationship that was not right with me, and now you're saying that you don't like me and you're sending me away, but he would not listen to her. Verse 17, he calls his servants, the attorneys that were attended to him, and said, put this woman out of my life and bolt the door behind her. Now, this is the expression of the love we see in Hollywood. This is the expression of the love we see with uh, Mr. Timberlake and uh, Britney Spears and all the, 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 the highlights, the Kardashians. All this is taking place, and they call that love. But the reality is that the love of God with which he desires us to proceed is, is not that one that is love in its full force, and then a couple years later, it's get away from me and bolt the door. This is over. Say with me today, love never fails. You know why love never fails? Because God never fails. And God is love. And so we still don't have it the way we should get it. I want to promise you that there's a provision from God in his love. 
1 John 4.16 says like this, so we know and rely on the love of God. Our only hope and expectation to be able to live in this life without seeing what Amnon did with Tamar is that we have known and believed that the love that God has for us, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. I want to ask a question. When does this run out? Exactly. This never diminishes. It only grows stronger. It is only more profound. And while for many people love is elusive and abstract and they can't describe it, we know that in God we have the description of love. Now, um, every time we try to describe love, we're actually describing a measure of who God is. We just said love never fails. This is the description of the authentic love. Uh, as we find words such as perfect, love can be perfect. Love can be faithful. That means it's not cheating. Uh, some people say, well, I cheated on my wife. No, you didn't cheat on your wife. You stopped loving your wife. You despise your wife. You put away your wife. Love is faithful. Love is alive. It doesn't die. Love is undeniable. Love is beautiful. Love is merciful and holy. We talked about that yesterday. We talked about the marriage bed and how it is a place for holy interaction between two people that want to honor God. Because the marriage bed is to be undefiled, is not to be impure. Pornography is not to be a part of a union of a husband and wife. They didn't teach us that in the world. Many people go off. I was an attorney for a long time, and they go off into their honeymoon. They said, we're going to have a hot honeymoon. We're taking some pornographic videos with us. And I was like, that is impure, that is corrupt, that is twisted, that is perverted, that is not love. And that type of love, it's called lust, and it doesn't satisfy. Love is holy, love is glorious, love is amazing, love is strong. Not only is it strong, it's courageous. Love is blessed, it's forgiving, it's real, it's precise. It's so deep, it's filled with not the passion of the flesh, but the affection of unwavering devotion and commitment. Love is sweet. Love is caring. How do you celebrate love and on Valentine's? It's flowers, perfume, chocolate, a Valentine's love card. We could take progressive steps in that direction. And if you don't do that, your love is becoming corrupt and is being rusted and is being void and diminished. And so this morning I woke up, I said, Yvette, for the 26th time, five years as in our courtship and 21 years, 26 years, you're my valentine. Will you be my valentine? Because she might say, ah, I don't think so. <laughs> that could only be possible in Christ. That is the love of God. That is the reality, the genuineness of this weighty matter. It says we can define the dimensions of God's love because we can research him. 1 John 4:19 it says because he first loved us we can love because he first loved us. That means we're tracking a model and footprints. Who are you tracking as your model in romance? I hope it's not Justin Bieber. I hope it's not James Bond. I hope it's not an icon in this world. 
The only measure of true love and the expression of that is not some guy who comes across in a hot rod and flashes his personality in front of you because I want to tell you that the more gloss, the less the quality. The more the gloss, the less of the reality. If he has a lot of cologne on and he dresses with the latest fashions and has the best cars, I want to tell you he's covering his character. Be careful. He's selling his personality. He can do that with the latest cars and with the best clothes because his heart is not like Christ. His character is shady. We call him Shady Slim. As we know God, we have the expression of his love, and he first loved us. That is how we can know him. The Bible says we will never be disappointed as we know him because Ephesians 3.18 says, Let Christ become a reality in your hearts through this relationship you have with him. Let's go to verse 17. Let Christ dwell inside of you through the way you express your faith, going to church, being faithful, reading your Bible, praying, serving the people of God. Because as you're rooted and grounded in this love, as you cultivate love, as you, you, you prepare the ground for this love that's in your hearts through Jesus who lives there, verse 18 says, you might be able to measure the dimensions you might be able to comprehend with all those that believe, called the, the saints, the, the people of God. Say with me, the with. With is this way, right? With. How wide is the love of God? How expanse of the with is the love of God? You know, so I've been blown away by the love of God. It's, it's, just, it's just so inclusive across the board. Some people say, well, I can't, I can't love like that. His love, the width of his love. What is the, the height, the length, right? How long does the Lord ride with us into letting us know that his love doesn't run out? It's endless. It's forever. It's terms that we don't use in the natural. We have expiration dates on you know something? I love you now. There's one man says, I, the day we got married, I told you I love you. If anything changes, I'll tell you again. Because he doesn't want to ever tell his wife he loves her. So we don't have the length of our love. And some people say, well, I've been putting up with you now for six months and three weeks. Six months and three weeks? Wow. The length is long, everlasting, never runs out. When you think it's over, it still goes on for another indefinite period of time. The length of his love. The width, the length. Let's go on to the height. How high can we go with respect to knowing above the love that God has for us? As we measure this height of his love. On verse 18, right? And not only how high we're able to go with God into the big uh, levels of height, but the depth also. How profound, how deep. There's a verse in the Bible that says, even in the caverns of the pit of hell, your love is there with me. You're present. The most grotesque times in my life, he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. 
And what is he measuring? Verse 19. All these things of the length, the width, the height, the depth, to know the love of Christ, which far supersedes our ability to comprehend, so that you might be filled with all the fullness of who God is. You get the dimensions in every direction. And you see that there's never him throwing the towel. There's never him quitting. There's never him letting up. There's never letting him slow down. There's never running out. And so you say, I need that love so I can start putting up with my brother and my sister, so that I could put up with my husband, with my wife, with my mother-in-law. Lord bless her. The Bible says in Romans 5.5 that that love is found in God that will be poured out in your heart through his Holy Spirit. We will never be disappointed in God's love. Never. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is continually poured out in our hearts. It doesn't run out because the Holy Spirit which has been given to us, continues to funnel. I see, I see like the Holy Spirit's funnel, and it's pouring out God's love into my heart so that I have an expression of peace and thankfulness and gratefulness, and I have the ability to walk, not in my love, but in His. John 13, 34, that's why Jesus could tell us, a new commandment I give you, that you begin to express love to all people in all places at all times. My new commandment that I give you is that you would have renewed love the same way I love you, that you also love one another. Uh, last year for Thanksgiving, I was invited to a friend's house, and there he had his wife and his children. He had his ex-mother-in-law, his first wife's mom, and he had his ex-wife sitting at the table with his wife, and we all shared Thanksgiving to God because the love of God is powerful. You guys are like, Leo, me? I could love my ex-mother-in-law? Absolutely. Not you, but the love of Jesus. I could love my ex-wife? Absolutely. Not you, the love of Christ. If you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, that's a huge challenge for us. Galatians 2.20 says... Because I am crucified with Christ and I'm not doing what I want anymore. It's Christ who's living through me. Now this body that I live in faith through the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To be crucified and not be doing what you want and how you want is to be able to express love to people you never even thought you had the capacity to love. Ephesians 5.1, it says, Therefore be imitators of God, beloved children. What is it that we could imitate about God? Be imitators of God if you are his child. What is that? What is the expression of imitating God? Verse 2. Imitating God as his children means that you walk in love. What type of love? The same type that Christ loved you with. Giving himself for you as an offering and a sacrifice that is a fragrance. It's sweet smelling. It's a perfume. It's not sold on the market. It comes from another place, another time and another place. What is the opposite of this? Verse 3, not in fornication, not in sexual intimacy without commitment of covenant, not unclean, not greedy. Let it not even be named among you as fitting for those that are walking in the genuine love of God. 
We, we have to have a different expression. It says like this in Ephesians 1.4 that he chose us to be part of his team from before the foundations of the world. What did he choose us for? That we should be holy, never blameless, never blamed for doing things, walking in love. This is the only thing that people cannot say that you're doing too much of. Man, I can't stand the guy. He loves me. I can't. This is believable. Every time he embraces me, he loves me. She loves me. She's expressing love. She speaks in love. She thinks in love. That's what we were chosen for from the beginning of the earth. 1 John 5.3 says that the love of God is that we walk according to his teachings. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome to us. They're not troublesome. To be able to fulfill his commandments means that in every opportunity you have, you're expressing love to those that are around you. John 14, 23, he says, anyone who loves me is walking in obedience to my teaching. And if he's walking in obedience to my teaching, my father loves him. My father will love him and will come to him and we will make our life, we will live life together. We will make our home with him. 2 John 1, 6 says, and this is love. Love is that we walk in obedience to his commandments. It's not a feeling. Well, I don't feel like I love her no more. I don't feel like I love him. My love ran out. Jesus said to him, if anyone loves me, he will obey my words and my father will love him. But let's go read 2 John 1, 6 too. And this love that we walk, this is love, that we walk in obedience to his command. A, a lot of people have left the church, have left the scriptures, have left the Bible, have left their relationship with the Lord, and, and they meet, and they, they say, we're going to love on each other. Guess what? Listen, do things God's way. I promise you, your love is going to fill the air. Your love is just going to be contagious. But if you walk away from his commandments, you're setting yourself up for huge failure and loss, for absence and void. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is his commandment that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. You should walk in it. The Bible says in the last days, Matthew 24, verse 12, that because people will see a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, because people will walk outside the commandments of the Lord, they will be lawless, and that will grow and grow and grow. The love of many will grow cold. They'll actually confess there's no love in this world. They sideskipped God's plan for their lives. I love reading Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16 is that love story that tracks us to be able to imitate God. If you have ever walked away from the love of God, it's because you did not follow his example. God is the perfect example of love. And look what he says there in verse 8, Ezekiel 16, 8. He says, one day I was walking along and I saw you. I passed by you and looked upon you. Be careful what you look at. Indeed, it was the time of love. It was February 14th. And I walked over and put a mantle of covering because that's what, that's what love does. A love does not point out, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, look what you said, look what you didn't say. Love covers those things. The Bible says in, 
in, in, that love covers a multitude of sin. You could pinpoint out all the criticisms that you can upon those people that are around you because you have removed your spectacles of love. Indeed, your time was a time of love, and I spread my wings over you and covered your nakedness. Anything that was faulty. You see this happen? A girl is born with a big old nose like this, and she'll come over to a guy, and he says, that's the little cutest little nose. He's covering her nakedness. She, she is big and obese, and he'll come and says, you're the most skinny girl I've seen in my whole life. She's like, ah. He's covering her nakedness. He's covering. Man says, I'm ugly, and she says, you're the cutest man I've ever seen. I swore an oath. That's where love starts right there, making an oath. If you don't enter into covenant marriage, you don't love anybody. You love yourself. To be able to stand before a people and say, I promise to love this woman with all I am and all I have, and it'll never run out. And I do so as a witness before God and a witness before man. And they stand right up here like George Smith did several years ago, saying, I want Natasha, and I'm going to take care of her, and I'm going to love her, and I'm going to cover her. And when she has children, I'll be the father of those children. And I'm not going to embarrass her, and I'm not going to have other relationships. He swore an oath. And entered into covenant. People says, what's that covenant? With you. And you became mine. How many have seen all those Valentine cards? Says, Will you be mine? This is where it started right here. When God is showing man how to love a woman, he says, you'll make a covenant. When you pass by her and you go goo-goo and you want to cover all her defects with your mantle and you want to swear, you want to cover her nakedness and swear an oath, and enter into covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord. He's the example. Verse 9, he says these words. I washed you in water. I thoroughly washed off anything that was a stain. I anointed you with oil. Yesterday, Javier was saying how Frances was a single woman, and she had... She had burnt out all her credit cards. She had topped out all her credit cards. So when they got married, she says, I have something to tell you. I've been living on these for the last three years. And he says, after I, I'll take on that burden. We'll confront that dragon. We'll slay it, and I'll pay those bills off. I still love you. I'm going to cover your nakedness. And so he was able to cancel those things out and wash and to cleanse, not to throw more mud, not to stain further but to anoint with oil to wash to cleanse to clear the path to uncover verse 10 love that makes you mine is a love that says i will cover you with the best clothing i'll take you to the mall i'll buy you dresses you never even dreamed to be seen in and you you hear about clarita's love story with her husband they they were born in a very poor neighborhood she never thought she would leave that place and she begins to say that this man began to give me all these presents and gifts and adorn me and dress me and take me to the best restaurants and give me the best jewelry. And I traveled the whole entire world with my husband. And she'll tell you his love story. Some of you have never left Taco Bell. Don't let him take you to Taco Bell. Tell him to take his mother to Taco Bell. And his grandmother. If you're going to love me, you're going to love me like God loves, and it's an extravagant love. It's a love that 
that blows me away. I clothe you with embroidered clothing. I gave you shoes. We said about shoes at the love conference. I clothed you with a fine linen, with the best of clothes. You, you were covered in silk. Was this ever in the Bible? Why didn't they read it to us? Why didn't they make men champions? Why did they make them stingy? Why did they make them never love their mother? I mean, to only love their mother. Uh, verse 11, he says, not only were you clothed with extravagant, I adorned you with ornaments. Some guys are saying, Pastor, I put bracelets on your wrists. When there was jewelry on your body, it's because there was a man that loved a woman. There was a man that was adorning his spouse. A chain on your neck. Verse 12. It gets better. <laughs> I put a jewel on your nose. It's not used in our culture. Earrings on your ears. I put a beautiful crown upon your head. I was able to beautify you. Let me tell you something. You're not to buy jewelry for a woman if you don't have a bank account. Because that means you're going to your mother to ask for money to go and tell her, look, I have the goods. And that, my friend, I'm a lawyer, it's called fraud. You cannot. Adorn a woman with what you don't have, with what you have not sweated, with what you have not worked yet. So that's why there's a time of preparation. There's a time of getting ready. Absolutely. A crown for your head. Where'd you get it? It's my mother's. Verse 13. Verse 13. Somebody fell off the seat back there. You were adorned with plastic and fake gold. You were adorned with the real thing. Gold, silver, clothing with fine linen, silk, embroidered clothes. You ate at the finest restaurants in town, pastry, fine flour, honey, oil. You were exceedingly beautiful. You were fit to be the queen of a house. That's what I'm talking about. That's my God. That's the expression of love in the direction we're going. And let's stand this morning. I think that you're excited enough. Some people will go and try this out. It will go well with you. Tell the righteous it will go well with you. Please don't get a fraud. Don't get a counterfeit. Don't get personality. But make sure that you're pursuing character. A man who loves Jesus Christ with all his heart, his mind, his soul. If you want to help him out along the way, that's fine too. Get him a Bible, invite him to church. Tell him maybe you'll make the, 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 the cut. Maybe you'll make the draft. Maybe God will have mercy on you and let you have a beautiful wife like me. You tell him. You tell him. The guys in this house, they suffer. The guys in this house suffer because they know that we're not, we're not playing around. And, and you know what? The open heavens. Let's go and read Romans 5, 5 again. Uh, hope doesn't disappoint us. Because I promise you that that's where God wants to lead you. God is going to do it so that you could enjoy what he has planned. Hope does not disappoint. You could put your expectation on this is yours. Because this is God's design. And God's design is not going to fall short. It doesn't fail. 
He'll pour his love out in your heart, the love of God pouring out in your heart so that you could desire these things, you want these things, and they become a reality in your life. They become genuine and authentic. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you for your people who have come to the house of God to celebrate the authenticity and genuineness of the only love there is, the love of God, the God of love. We pray that we would take in this reality and that we would plant it in our hearts as a seed that would give forth a tree and would have a harvest of fruitful, glorious provision to be able to delight and share your love with those you've given us as a gift to love. We pray, Father God, that our children would not go astray into lust, into lies, into the ways of this world which love expires and is rendered no more and void and empty. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ whose love towards us is constant and continual and never fails. And your love towards us in Christ, nothing shall separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. There's no demon in hell. There's no circumstance. There's no situation. There's no setback. There's no distress or defeat. You lead us to triumph always. Your love is greater than anything that comes against it. Make that our reality. Remove condemnation because the perfect love that's poured in our, how, in our hearts casts out all fear so that we not walk in uncertainty and in doubt, in guilt, in condemnation, but in the assurance and certainty of your love with which you loved us way before we even knew that you had acted on our behalf. Heal us so that we become the reference of love to this world. Make us healthy that we can love perfectly and genuinely to those that are difficult to do so. We give you thanks for the marriages represented here. We give you thanks for the servants that serve in this house. That you reward them greatly for their acts of love towards us. And that spring of life would be a fountain and a spring of love to the nations. That we continue to show people what is the manifest expression of an awesome God in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. See you tonight at the Valentine's dinner.